Hey yo, welcome back to the Higher Ground Society podcast. This is Gerald Crook, and this is episode 1.5, a continuation of a conversation between myself and musical artist, Birmingham native, Reza. Let's jump back in. So now we're going to talk about um, something else. We're kind of going to shift gears and kind of go, you know, bigger picture now. So backing up from the song, why music out of all the different mediums that you could, or media, well, what is, what is English? Um, <laughs> out of all the different things that you could use to express yourself, why music? Um, it's something that has always been in my family growing okay. up. My grandmother used to sing, um, in like plays and musicals when she was younger. Nice. My father has always been a singer. I know uh, that. What? Oh yeah. He's, and he's really well known too. Okay. Um, <laughs> on the Americans, um, he's, he's just known for his voice, he's, especially in like in Alabama. Okay. People oh, Dr. Javade, like, oh, we know him. And, oh, he's a singer. So he's always been a singer. And I, I grew up with just music being around me. Love it. Um, and as a kid, it felt like the only um, medium that was accessible because I already had it. Sure. You know I mean, it's like, oh, I don't have to go out and get it. I have it, like, inside me. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to, like, play around with my voice and see what it could do and see what it couldn't do. And, um I, I find other mediums really interesting. I now, as an adult, I would love to explore dancing and acting as mediums. Yes, I think it's just another extension of like, if you can use your voice to express yourself, you you know why can't you use your limbs, your body, the rest of your face, you know, to emote something? Absolutely. So I, I think if you can do one, you should try to do the others. Absolutely. Like I'm, yeah. So I'm kind of the same way. Grew up with music. It's yeah. our family sings, mm-hmm. so I had no choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I have it. So I might as well use it. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, literally, like, I have no choice. So. Yeah, <laughs> like growing up in a church, you grew up singing in church, right? Or sing, um, or yeah, <laughs> and so. But when it comes to dancing, particularly, I think we went, we shared this experience. We went to see Alvin Ailey yes. uh, to, in Atlanta. Um, I try to go as often as possible whenever they come through the area. Yes. And I've always, always admired them and the way they use their bodies to tell these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the way the, the time that you and I went together, they, 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 they're my favorite program, which is Odetta. They use the music of Odetta. Mm-hmm. That was a really, really good performance so we had bad seats but it's all good <laughs> um but yeah so like yeah again storytelling and i've always aspired to be yeah some kind of dancer like when i wait Same. that sounds wrong <laughs> to, to get into dancing somehow and uh yeah acting as well so yeah i hope that what comes out for you i hope that you find the time to, I do. to experience that it's so funny it's like um I mean, COVID has put a dent in any plans we could have had. Sure. But I, I would love to become that person who, like, I don't know, I, I'm, this year especially, with everything going on, I really made the conscious choice to, like, um, I'm about to sound like a California person, and I'm not trying to, I apologize. <laughs> but I want to treat my body a certain way in order to keep my voice as healthy as it can for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That just sounds like a... I want to treat it like an athlete treats their body. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the only way to do it if you're serious about what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Yeah. that just sounds like a reasonable person, not a California person. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds... Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I guess the other question that I had that kind of goes along with that. Is there anything in Alabama? Since this, you know, High Ground Society is an Alabama nonprofit and the podcast is focusing on Alabama 
homegrown folks or people who are currently here. Is there anything about this state that inspires you to create? You know, it's so funny. And you and I have, I'm sure we've had this conversation in the past, but I was always that kid growing up. I was like, can't wait to get out of my hometown. Oh, absolutely. My home state. I, I just want to go. I, I don't like it here. And then um, I was planning to move to Boston four years ago. And two weeks before I moved, I was like, I love it here. It's beautiful. Yeah. The greenery, mm-hmm. the culture, people smiling at you, you know, <laughs> when you go to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, the idea of hospitality, the yeah. idea of, of just kindness everywhere you go. Um, and the food, I, I do miss that a lot. Um, but I had that moment and I was like, I think it, in that moment, I, I realized all of my identities and I was very um, attuned to them. I was like, okay, Pakistani American, gay, um, Muslim, Southern, millennial. You know what I mean? Like I, I really, and Southern is, is high up there because it's so funny. Um, <laughs> I, I, I worked at retail uh, two years ago and a lot of my coworkers were like, yeah, we get it. You're from the South. Like, you have to do this all the time. Whoa. <laughs> it's true. It's, 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 it's like you have to, I don't know, you, you, you have a sense of um, pride of where you come from. Because I, I guarantee if I didn't grow up in Birmingham at the time that I did, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be the same person I am today. For sure. I don't know if I'd be nearly as tough or as... Um, self-sufficient you know what I mean so I I really do I care a lot about where I come from in terms of does the state of Alabama inspire my songwriting maybe indirectly I don't think I've ever thought about the state and thought oh I need to write about this thing because of this um okay yeah yeah I mean if anything maybe during the whole Yama album Mm -hmm. I had those experiences growing up in Alabama Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't the most positive assessment, but that could have been, you know, one of the ways the state inspired me. Sure. Those issues, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, kind of, I don't know what the Pakistani community in the state is like, but I know for sure personally, whenever me growing up, like it was very much black and white folks mm-hmm. um, in South Alabama and Baldwin County where I grew up. Um, I didn't even, there was a, I think the Indian family that came or came into town. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, their, their son was like two grades behind me, maybe two or three grades behind me. So we never really interacted. I, I saw them from like a distance. And I remember one Asian, I think Korean family that was also not in my grade. So my exposure personally to the Asian contingent in Alabama is very, very limited. So I imagine, too, like a Yama, kind of you being a part of that, um, not that you stick out, but you are, like, very much so a minority. Yeah, yeah. Less so, obviously, in Birmingham, because that's, like, the biggest, you know, city, and it's a little more metro. But um, I can see how that would jump out or leap out to you in, in this and cause you to reflect on it some and it seep into your music. Yeah, I, I mean, it certainly did. I I didn't, I mean, I knew all my uh, Pakistani friends growing up, mm-hmm. but um, we never had, I never really saw them in school. Mm. I never, you know what I mean? There was, there were, there were, it seems like there were a lot of us, but when you look at the general population, you're like, oh, we're, there's not that many of us here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and it's interesting. I don't know what it's like to be just surrounded by people of my background unless our community in Birmingham gets together. Right. I don't know what it's like to go to a town that has just Pakistani people or, you know what I mean? I have never felt that. Yeah. So that's something that, um, yeah, I, I, I did write about that on Yama too. It's, it's, it's very, it's, I'm not going to say it's hard because I don't know what the, the other option feels like mm-hmm. it, it was always my reality and it still is. So 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, that that's where that hyphenated American part comes from, because there's always that like other thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean, we want to tell the people where they can find all your music, so they can really get into Yama and dive into that. Because it, it, I think now that we're talking, we've never really talked about that album like this, yeah. <laughs> and like kind of un- unpacked it, which I'm glad that we're doing it because it's really revealing a lot of things about you that not necessarily uh, tap into your experience that didn't really tap into, despite all of our conversations. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so I guess the other thing about this episode that's really special and important is it's being aired during LGBT history month, the month of October. Cause for mm-hmm. the girls, AA. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I also wanted you to be a part of this episode because you hear you are a queer artist um, from a, I don't want to say album is an atypically queer because it's really queer and we'll learn this uh, as time evolves. Yeah. Uh, I, it was some work that I'm doing with other folks, uh, the High Ground Society is doing with other folks. Um, shout out to Invisible Histories Project. Um, but yeah, so queer people have always been in Alabama and I think and in the South in general, but not necessarily out in front. And our stories haven't necessarily been told. Yeah. So... Um, how do you think that fits into your your artistry like your queer identity how does that oh my god um i'm not gonna say every aspect but it it, it's a huge chunk of it yeah because so much of anyama i really you know it's actually you know it's funny i feel like as people of color we always say we're like black brown first and queer second sure. because when people see you what did they see first I'll say that. that album really was about um yama is really about my troubles as a person of color but my album hues of blue was about my relationships dating buffoonery <laughs> in community in alabama as well and um i find it now very liberating before i would find it very scary sure liberating now to just talk about dating and love and 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 not um not try to make it like the gay version of a straight relationship song okay but a song about two men hashing it out being in love or having a fight or you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and how it's different It it doesn't have to um it doesn't have to go down easy for 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 straight people to hear. <laughs> I don't make music for people who who um, who want experiences that are very similar to theirs. Oh, okay, yes. You know what I mean? Like I, I make the music that I make and if, if you can't find something relatable and still not appreciate it, then, you know, I can't help you. But if, if, you, if you've never been in a, like a same-sex relationship and you find my music relatable or find that you can you find that you're like, oh my God, I had the same experience and that's great because you see that it's not that different. It's just not the same, you know? Right. Yeah. It is, yeah, which is very important. So again, another aspect of your artistry that I appreciate. Um, something that I did personally didn't really, there aren't a lot of folks out there who are doing this kind of music or being this, this honest, or at least not to my, I mean, maybe I'm still my music world. I was just talking to Cicely, you know, Cicely. Yeah. I was just talking to her yesterday about, <laughs> she and I are very similar in that we will get our music, our jams that we like, and we'll just latch onto that. And <laughs> Same though. But <laughs> yeah. and there's not anything wrong with that, but we do miss some things. I mean, we're getting better about reach, reaching out and, and experiencing other things. But in terms of queer artists, yeah, that's not. Like she was just telling me about Kaylani, yeah, somebody. Ooh, what artist was it? Dang, I wish I remember it. She was like, apparently they Kaylani and somebody was had they finally released a song together, and one of them tweeted it was fun, and she was like, "Oh, it's finally great to be able to make a song about you instead of just like with you." Oh. You know, apparently, apparently they've been dating this whole time. We were like, "What?" You know, it's it's always such a thrill to hear like whenever a queer person comes out or somebody or queer, an artist comes out as queer and just like, "Yes, visibility, representation." Yeah. What was that? Two, three weeks ago, Nisi Nash. 
Yes! Oh my God. Nash! I like I celebrated by myself. I was so happy. And she came out strong and like powerful oh and just looked gorgeous and so so she's always been one of my favorite actresses. Oh absolutely. When I saw that, I was like, I was so excited. Oh, did, so did, I don't know if you there's a show called Miss America on I want to say something. Yeah, 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 yeah. She actually plays a queer activist. I need to watch it. A queer feminist womanist activist. No. I, I, I'm blanking on the on the name. Please forgive me. But yeah. it's worth seeking out. It's on uh, Hulu for sure. Okay. Um, and so she played this part and it wasn't like, oh, she played this part real good. It was just like, I don't know, it was something about her playing that part. She just brought a lot of power to it. Mm-hmm. A lot of identity and a lot of just, just, it was perfect. And then to come, yeah. for her to come out later down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just great. And so it was, it was such a big deal. I remember I texted my cousin. I, I was like, um, no, I was on the phone with her and I was like, oh my God. And she's like, it's 2020. She was like, did something bad happen? I was like, no, it's Nancy Nash. And she's like, what? And then I, I was like, get on Instagram. And she was so excited. She was like, oh my God. Cause we, we talk about Nisi. We'll like send each other like Instagrams of Nisi, like maybe once or twice a week and be like, I just love her. She's just so pretty. Like, yeah. <laughs> It was like a big win. It just was. And it's it's so important for the community, for people to see, so they feel seen and they feel empowered and then they don't don't feel alone. Um, So that's for sure. Um, Again, kudos to you for standing up in yours. I think it's just, there's so much power in being who you are unapologetically, mm-hmm. creatively, it's a mm-hmm. whole different language. Like, you can't touch creatives, really, because they have so much power. Literally, mm-hmm. in every uh, moment in history, like, you know, your artists were there to capture the moment, to really translate that um, for people down the road and later on in time. Yeah. Like, don't get me standing about artists, but thank you for what you do for the people. <laughs> you know, like... And you know what else I'll say? Like, gay people say what you want about us, but we know ourselves. Sure, yes. We spent extra time create, curating ourselves, I didn't create, but curating ourselves and like the worlds in which we inhabit. And when it comes to like a, a musician or creative artist, like that we do it even more so. Absolutely. Because it's like a place of, of, it's like a sanctuary in that way, you know? Yeah, even, even my last album, when I talk about like sad things, I talk about a relationship ending, but I got to do it in this safe space. You know, I could, um, I could talk about being sad about ending a relationship with a man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. That is, yeah. It's a very secure place to be to do, to do that. Yeah. Um, Cause it is sacred and it is mm-hmm. beautiful and poignant. And, yeah. Well, I can stand all day, uh, but we, I feel like we, we're, I don't want to be one of those long podcasts. <laughs> so let's keep it pushing. Part one, That's part two. I know. <laughs> honestly, it might end up being that. Um, <laughs> um, so I guess the other question I had, particularly with uh, LGBT history, are there any um, queer folks throughout history who's inspired you? Oh. They can be from, you know, obviously I'd love to speak power to folks from Alabama because they, again, they, they are here. Um, yeah. But it doesn't have to be anybody from Alabama. It's just who, who in the, in the queer community um, has empowered you in some way? In the plethora. I know, right? <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, it's so interesting because you read about so many things, you consume so much media, but you don't, you don't kind of consume who the people are. You just consume stories. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, I have a lot of like queer artists that I listen to who are contemporary. Um, and then stories that people pass, like I, you know me, I, I love to read up on my, my gay history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I like to soak that up. But when it comes to queer artists, it, it's mainly about the people I listen to today or the people who are allies even Mm-hmm. who have made it easier for us to, like, be visible. Yeah. Um, like I, I said earlier, my favorite album of all time is The Velvet Rope. And I think me just saying that would let a lot of people know exactly what my taste is and, like, what my music sounds like even today. Yeah. Um, because in that album, Janet 
more than a few times openly says like if you're gay you're my brother if you're gay you're my sister you know what I mean it's not it's not even a question Mm -hmm. um and so art like that where it's it's very clear that people are accepting and not just tolerant because I think you can only be tolerant for so long without the community saying okay um we're past tolerance at this point yeah You you know um and when it comes to contemporary people, I I listen to a lot of queer artists. I love Kalela. Mm-hmm. Love her music. Um, I really appreciate um, God, uh, Anoni. Okay. Sound Bomb Me, that song. Okay, that's a new one for me. I Oh, you would love her voice. Um, really, like, guttural, visceral, emotion, um talking about love and relationships and, and, and being a trans woman. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different people, a lot of different genres. I'd have to go through my Spotify, which I can do right now. <laughs> we'll curate a special post for that. We'll do, yeah, let's do that. Like, I'm thinking your top, what you're listening to. Let's get By those comments. Yeah. And honestly, they're not like, they're not new because like you, I listened to an album from like 15 years ago and I'm like, this is it. Why isn't anyone listening to this? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I don't do that. I listen to like, you know, yeah. Oh, I love Against Me or a punk band. Okay. Never heard of them either. Um, yes. Yes. That's out. <laughs> I will um, set that whole, that whole, um, that playlist going. Yeah. That'd be great actually. Please mm-hmm. do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like for me, I think it's definitely Janelle Monet. Yeah. The way she did Dirty Computer. She's mm-hmm. always been about the other, you know. Yeah. Um and she talked I think you wanna know I was talking and talking to Cicely. I was like, you know what, I think Janelle Monet might be one of us. <laughs> like, it's like years ago when you were like Cause in the song Queen. Yeah. And she said, well, she says this is one line. She's like, "And I, am I a something if I like watching Mary?" I was like, "Yeah." You know what I was talking about. I was like, "Hmm, yeah. what's that about Janelle?" You know. And so, and then she came out with "Dirty Computer" again, very unapologetic, very yeah. decadent, and that was very again another very empowering moment to where we see her and Tessa just really eating it up mm-hmm. and giving us a, a moment that we really needed. I think as a community and. Um, it was fantastic, but so that's like more contemporary. But my main go-to historically is going to be James Baldwin. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I love Jimmy. He is my friend. He is my my best friend. He and Lorraine Hansberry, who's also queer. Um, those two now. I mean, they're living in the 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 the, the civil rights moment. You know where they're coming up having to defend against uh, racism, mm-hmm. defend their blackness, but also too their, their queer identities, which is like you, like you saw reading about queer people. It was very incidentally, I was what I don't know how I ended up last night. I was up until like one o'clock reading about queer royal folks or just like, and yeah, just, I don't, cause I love that, that history, but just as always people try to hide that stuff. I'm like, no, I'm you know, I'm getting all into it. And like, uh, it was, it was mostly the, the text was homosexuality during the Victorian age. And so I was reading it and getting the tea and how, you know, so a lot of that stuff was, you know, um, illegal, mm-hmm. um, back then. And here in the U S it was legal until like the sixties or I, yeah, I think 62 is when they, they officially wrote like, it became not illegal. It became legal, oh, yeah. so to speak. It's so crazy to think about. I mean, it's illegal in so many countries. I'm pretty sure if, if I were to go to Pakistan, if I was a citizen of Pakistan, they, I could go to jail for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because apparently in the whole world, like the, the online searches for gay porn are the highest in Pakistan. That doesn't surprise me. It's the same thing here in the South, which is supposed to be the Bible Belt. Yeah. <laughs> I see the same thing. <laughs> I see the same thing. Um, but yeah, so sure. So I guess so that was great. I don't want to talk about all of that because I think the song that you chose yeah, kind of ties into all of that. Yeah. So go ahead and tell us about All I Do. Well, I Do. 
okay. Well, okay, so this song um, came to fruition after four years of me not creating a single song, writing any music, singing anything, really. Um, okay, not when? I'm sorry? When did it come out? Um, in May, I believe, or June. Mm. This year? Yeah, it was like during quarantine. Got it. Okay, so it's the quarantine, John. Okay. It was quarantine, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, my last album was very much a cathartic experience. Mm-hmm. I wrote about um, going from just dating dumbasses, <laughs> like dating a terrible guy, to dating um, who to this day is a very important person in my life and was like probably the first and uh, right now only person I've ever been in love with. Mm-hmm. Writing about that relationship and, and how it ended. And so it was very, I, I just wasn't in a place where I wanted to write about anything. And in that album, I was very tough a lot of the time too. I, 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 my voice sounded abrasive and I was channeling a lot of Amy Winehouse and I might've been intoxicated while I was performing some of the songs. And, and so it was a really, but like going through the, the emotions of it was very cathartic. And I was like, I don't really want to sing anymore for right now. I don't want to write anything. Um, and partly because I couldn't figure out what to write down. I couldn't figure out what to sing about mm-hmm. because so much of what I sing about is me being sad or me being angry. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, what do I write about when I'm not either of those things? Okay, emo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, literally emo in like 2016. So <laughs> I was thinking about, um, you know, I, I, I had this track that I created probably like 2017 and it did not sound like this. It sounded very different. Um, I, I had that guitar riff that I thought was really pretty. Da, 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 da. I thought that was very pretty, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to use it. And then the song sounded um, very much like an old Seal song that I love, but it had a lot of layers. There were a lot of tracks and a lot of different percussion going on. And I remember I got rid of like everything. It's the most simple track I've ever made. It's like three tracks. And um, I was like, okay, I want to practice vulnerability I want to see what my voice sounds like when it's just soft, when there's, um, when I'm not trying to show off my vocal ability, when I just want to tell a story or say how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And so this song, um, it was about being in a relationship with someone who you love and adore and they love you, but because of who they are as a person, you can't give them what they need. Oof, wait a minute, wait. <laughs> whoa, I wasn't ready for that. I mean, woo! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I, I mean, I know I listened to the song, and whenever you told me this is the one you want to do, I was like, okay, sure, all right, why not? And then I listened to it, and I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I listened to it again. I was probably in my feelings about my person, you know, yeah. like that. Yeah. And then here you go, really just ripping it out. And it's true. Yeah. It's so true. And the way you put it right then is so, it's. Yeah. Because it's it's not about being like, um, you did this to me or you made me feel this way. It's, I am not who you need me to be. And it's breaking my heart. And that's why I'm, I'm lonely in this relationship. And that's what that song is about. And I've never written from that place. And it was very vulnerable for me to write from that place. Um, and that's, that's essentially what that song is about. Um, and it's a lot, once you know that you're like, oh, like you feel bad for, like I felt bad for me when I listened to it. I was like, oh, he sounds so sad. You know? <laughs> but oh, but it's, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, I mean, again, you, you described it very well. Um, I think all the things that you sought to do, you did it very well. Again, it's very atmospheric. Yeah, very I wanted cool. to create this like, um, this feeling of, of you're kind of floating in clouds. Mm-hmm but you have this really aggressive drum. And when I heard that drum, I was like, oh, I like this. Um, And I I put a loop on it so it would keep going. And I remember thinking, so you're in this cloud, but you're also kind of being dragged back to reality with this like abrasive, um, like a very hard drum going on, um, talking about how this man is everything. He's everything you could ever want but it's not what you 
you don't really deserve each other because you can't give them what, you, what they need. And in return, you feel really lonely about it, you know? Yeah. You really just did a Yanla note. I don't I just, know. <laughs> just, I, yeah. Yeah. It's real. And it's so, yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah. I think people are just going to have to listen to it and get into it. I mean, I think a lot of people will connect with it, both gay and straight. Yeah. Which is, I mean, obviously we're not created for the, the straight girls. <laughs> we're just being our authentic self. Sometimes that, that experience does overlap or whatever, but I think it's particularly poignant for queer folks yeah, to hear these kinds of stories and to hear these kinds of experiences because so many of us start dating so later, late, so much later. Like we get, I talk about this with my friend, uh, Michael all the time, like we spend so much time in a closet or trying not to get beat up <laughs> or living in our parents in a, in, a, in, a, in a household that's not accepting or whatever, some of us, and we just have to endure that. So we can't, we can't really, unless we like really out here in these streets, like yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. have to experience affection and this relationship yeah. and this, like in this way, like the way that our straight counterparts do. You know, you have some folks who start dating like in middle school and stuff, yeah, but if you aren't aware that you're queer at that time, like it's not, well, at least for us growing up, I feel like the girls these days, <laughs> it's, it's nice that a lot of people these days have it slightly easier, but yeah. it's still, still rough out here. It is. It is. Yeah. But it's so it's very refreshing to see that a lot of young queer people these days are very unapologetic in who they are and that sort of thing. And they're kind of just like, I don't care. I love this dude. And we're going to go to eighth grade prom together. You know, like, <laughs> like those stories are happening and they're coming out. And that's great. But for the older ones, <laughs> the old school, the old heads, um, I think your song yeah. be very um, poignant because those moments do come few and far in between, depending on who you are and where you live, I think. Yeah, I think they really do. And I think it's, um, I think it's important for men in particular to yes. create um, a space for themselves to be vulnerable. Absolutely. I think so many of us do not do that. Um, I did not. I mean, you can kind of hear it in my voice as the years progress. Mm -hmm. um, I use the word abrasive a lot. And, and I don't think I have an abrasive voice, but in terms of delivery on some of these songs, especially in Hues of Blue, um, where I'm channeling like an Amy Winehouse, you know what I mean? In, in, that, um, in that like, don't mess with me kind of way. I think it's something that gay men do a lot, especially in dating. And so when I wrote this song, I was like, I just want to sound like a small, confused, you know, lonely person because that's how, a lot of times how it feels. Absolutely. Um, and I think I think it's just honest. It's not like you know, I'm not trying to create a new doctrine for people to follow. I'm just it's just being honest. Maybe that is a doctrine that people need to, you know, follow. <laughs> yeah. being open and transparent yeah. and stop, you know. Understand what you can't and can offer to someone. That's I think really important. Yeah. Come out here, wisdom. <laughs> oh, someday, yes. That's very real. So, I mean, yes, I mean, is that something, is that your biggest dating advice? What would you say is your dating advice? Your biggest, like what makes a solid relationship and what would you need to know to go into those relationships so i'm not the best person to ask but <laughs> thank you for your candor <laughs> i will say this the best relationships in my life are my platonic relationships my friendship and they all i think there's a few things that they all have trust mm -hmm. talk, like you know truly one-on-one -on -one, heart to hearts a sense of loyalty, mm -hmm. um, a sense of honesty, and um, a place where you you won't judge that person. Mm -hmm. And I think if you have friendships that go that can be that, you know, well seven years in, um, that should be the basis for like a romantic partner as well. Absolutely. 
But I also think, like I said before, know what you can offer um, and know what they can or can't offer you. And also, um, don't settle because you're lonely. Don't settle because you're lonely. That's real. I think a lot of people... I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. I think they do. And, and that's not to say, like, oh, they're not my type. Well, you know, that doesn't really mean anything these days. But like, <laughs> if... <laughs> or... Um, what am I trying to say? Not even, not even that they're my type, but on paper they're perfect, but in person it's something different. Okay, well, then they're just not the person for you then. Right. And don't try to force it, yeah. Don't force it. Don't force it. My grand, my aunt, <laughs> my aunts, yeah, it's mostly my aunts who say this, but they love quoting this old country song, Here Comes Country Again, this old country song talking about um, you got to know when to fold them and know when, wait, know when to hold them and know when to fold them and know when to walk away. <laughs> that is so true, though. They love telling me that. They love That's saying that. It's so true. I think the most important thing I've learned, I'm only 26. Um, so, you know, I'm going to date a lot more winners. But I think the, the best thing I've learned is that um, when something's not working, don't force it. Yeah. Um, and if something is working, don't ruin it. <laughs> oh, yes. That's but, definitely, yeah. That's um, but I, and you know, I think if you have good people in your corner, that's the most important thing. Um, even, even if you're dating and you're, you're lonely in that way, I think it's better to, I know people always say this, but like get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really easy to say to get to know yourself, but I think, or Eric, um, figure out what you like, and then you can find that a person. I think do the opposite. Figure out what you don't like in a partner. Because mm. it's a lot easier to pinpoint the things you don't like. And I'm not talking about pet peeves, but like real things. Yeah. You know? And I think once you know that, you're like, okay, that'll be easier to find someone who can you can kind of check the things off my list. Yes, non-negotiables. Yeah, non-negotiables are much more important than things that make you you know, they make me laugh, okay, but do they care about, you know, kids in cages? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's true. That's important. Like, like that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's very important, and I hope somebody is listening and internalizing that. I know I am, and I'm probably going to go into my closet and cry about this session. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, but no, it's very, uh, thank you for being transparent and, yeah. and and real, because we need that these days. Um and thank you for sharing about your music and your process. I know a lot of artists can be really like, I'm not telling my secrets and, you know, all this other good stuff. No, I honestly, I feel like I, I want to say so much, but I, I guess the process is so much more of like, um, it happens in that moment and right. I don't explain it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think yeah, what you showed us, told us was very, like, I got all that I need to know. For, yeah. the, for for all, both of those songs so yeah. uh, again it, please hang around to the end of the episode to hear those two songs roti roti and all i do especially now that you have the background information on it it's gonna be i think you'll appreciate those even more than just you would if you heard them on the radio <laughs> um so there's that i guess the one this is something that i want to do with every person on the the podcast is ask them them this this question you know you are an alabama son yeah. um even though you were born in massachusetts you are you spend majority of your time here in alabama so we we're claiming you mm-hmm. and i want to end on a positive note and i want to know what are you hopeful for what is your hope for the state of alabama hmm. oh boy <laughs> well, I really do hope that um, willful ignorance takes a backseat. Yes. I really hope that, um, you know, I there's no fear of walking even in the backest of backwoods. And there's no fear of being who I am in that part of the state. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I really hope that even if there's... Um, I mean, I'm not the kind of person who believes in uh, we can have different beliefs and get along. But if those beliefs don't involve like me being pushed back in the closet, then I do hope that 
that that people can kind of come and meet in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think we're lucky to live in the Birmingham metro area. Yes. I know that I'm very fortunate to have grown up here because it would have been very different if I grew up in a different part of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally just 20 miles east or west or like in any direction. <laughs> yeah, just 20 miles any other direction. It would have been a really, I would have had a different experience growing up. Yeah. Um, we live in a in Jefferson County, which is very liberal. Um, I believe we're a blue county, actually. About the only blue county in the state. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I hope to see the majority of the state get to that point at someday. I really do. I, I mean, with the way things are going right now, I don't know if it'll be anytime soon. I hope it'll be, you know, before I turn 50. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Um, you know, and just a, a general sense of, I would like to see the culture change in terms of how we view, um, education, how we view, it's going to get me some hate, just common sense a little bit. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's done me real, a lot of good to live away from home for so long. Yeah. I think a lot of people should live away from home and, and I don't just mean like away from your parents' house, but like, even if it's like four or five months if you can live away from the region of the country where you grew up in, mm-hmm. it will change your view on so many things. And, yeah, and it'll it'll change the way you view, um, it'll make you realize how other parts of the country view you because they're kind of all under the same umbrella, but it's just different parts of the umbrella. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that's, it's just really interesting. It's still sad, but it's still, it's interesting to know um, how how things differ. And I think living away from home has taught me that for sure. But I, I do hope that the country progresses and becomes at least moderate sometime soon and not yeah. just, you know, fully conservative. You know. Absolutely. What are your hopes? Oh, oh, turn the table. Uh, <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I mean, basically echoing the same thing. Um, yeah. Just the same thing that people, our people, you know, black folk, brown folk, and queer folk, all the marginalized community. Mm-hmm. We've been hoping for the same thing for the longest time, to be able to be in this space, in this state, uh, and living freely and minding our business yeah. without fear. Oh, I love Nina Simone for this. You know, she somebody asked her what her idea of freedom is, and she she was joking at first, and then she was talking, kind of rambling, and all of a sudden she snapped out of it. And she's like, I'll tell you what it means. No fear. <laughs> I love that, too. Yeah, and that's why I, I hope to not be afraid um, in the state of Alabama, especially during this, this, uh, this pandemic in the in the political climate, I talked to two friends. I talked to one queer friend, and I talked who is a woman who identifies as a as a woman, mm-hmm. and I talked to a, a black guy friend. Mm-hmm. Both of these folks who are generally anti-gun are like, I feel like I need to strap up. Yeah, you know, it broke up the other day after um, the debate, the presidential debate. Absolutely. My, my dad was like. Should we have a gun in the house? Yeah. Not that he doesn't even know how to hold one, but you know what I mean? Like, right. Not that. My sister, um, she thinks it's important to have too now, you know, just for yeah. safety. And I I agree. I think, you know, if you if you I'm I'm very like anti-gun mm-hmm. in terms of like the way they're used in this country. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like your own safety. There's some people out here who are just doing too damn much. <laughs> yeah. And I do not want them want one of them rolling up on me. Absolutely. Right. Um, and so uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I hope to be able to live in a state, to live in a community within Alabama, you know, to live in the state of Alabama in a community here where I feel safe and I not yeah. have to have yeah. all these extra things mm-hmm. uh, to live. Extra thing being done or yeah. Some kind of anonymity, Ooh, some kind of yeah. anonymity or something. So, yes, that is yeah. my hope yeah. today. 
<laughs> After tomorrow, might be something different. Who knows? Yeah, listen, it could be. I have so many hopes, but that those are my first. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being my guinea pig. <laughs> I, this is so much fun. I mean, I could do this like every weekend. I love talking about stuff like this. It's Absolutely. So well, I'm sure we'll have you back, especially if you continue to create and you put out new things. I, I'm in the process of creating an EP. Ooh, ooh, okay. For so long, but I'm I'm doing it. Yeah, and um, by the way, tell tell the people where you are. Oh, where they can find your, your info, your um, your yeah. So, um, you can find my album "Hues of Blue" on Spotify under my name Reza. On Instagram, I am Dracula's husband. Yes. <laughs> um, and um, the rest of my music is on Bandcamp at badreza.bandcamp.com. Brilliant, and we'll try to include all these links and things to. Uh... Oh, and on iTunes too. Come on, Apple um, Apple gigs. <laughs> we love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll include links and everything to, to all of that. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll hear Rosa's second song, All I Do. The North Star Wax Company specializes in scented natural soy wax candles, handcrafted in Auburn, Alabama. Whether you're looking for something to lighten the mood or brighten your day, the North Star Wax Company's got you covered. Choose from their signature collection of timeless fragrances, mixed with love and hand-poured in a stylish recycled glass jar. Between now and December 1st, podcast listeners can get 30% off orders of $20 or more when you use promo code Higher Ground Pod at checkout. That's Higher Ground POD. The North Star Wax Company offers shipping to all 50 states and free shipping on purchases of $50 or more. Order today at www.northstarwax.com and put your holiday shopping behind you. Again, that website is www.northstarwax.com. North Star, find your light. Thank you for listening to the Higher Ground Society podcast. This is my other song, All I Do.
That Was All I Do by Reza. The other music you've heard throughout the episodes, for the intro and for the break, that was Reza too, with his song, The Question. Be sure to check out his last album, Hues of Blue, spelled B-L-U, on Spotify, and his other projects on Bandcamp, where he's listed under the name Bad Reza. And that's a wrap. I hope you all enjoyed both this and part one of mine and Reza's conversation. These first two episodes of the Higher Ground Society podcast were made possible with the expertise and advice of some of Higher Ground Society's incredible supporters, including, but not at all limited to, Michael Chang, Becca Lakin, Jelani Moore. Thank y'all so much for helping me put this thing together. And thank you, listeners, for coming along for the ride. I hope you'll join us for the next installment coming up in November. Until then, be easy. Peace. Thank you.